Welcome to the Rockcast. Today we are talking about Nirvana. I'm Pastor Heath along with Matt, the music man. And so today we're going to be heading into the 90s and really this band changed everything. When I heard this sound, it was like nothing I'd heard before. What about you, Matt? Yeah, it uh when I first heard this this sound, it was uh way different than hair metal. And uh it uh, it did. Like you said, it changed everything. It took over almost overnight. Yeah. I mean it was just this raw grunge, you know, the grunge is what it's known as. It it just took over and almost overnight the glam hair metal uh it just changed. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Cobain uh was just this guy that came on the scene and angry and and different and and really was the voice of a generation and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, what some people may not know about Nirvana is the actual term, uh, which means it's a Buddhist term or a Hindu term, which really means a transcendent state, which there is neither suffering, nor desire, nor the sense of self. It's this idea, Matt, that you can get to a place where you just kind of extinguish everything. It's just everything's blown out and you you get to escape from uh, the the pain of this world. And man, how ironic is that name for this band and this man, Kurt Cobain, who was so tormented, so angry, and and was wanting this escape, so to speak. Yeah, when I first uh, saw Nirvana and, and actually heard them, I didn't hear them on the radio the first time, I actually saw them on MTV and I remember the song, you know, Smells Like Teen Spirit, it come on and, and uh, you know, there for a second I thought, well, you know, it's almost like Welcome to the Jungle, the way it looks, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, a little chaos. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, that's a three-piece band. Looks like they slept in their clothes, you know, the hair all frazzled. Bad, bad and, hair. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, but, you know, I couldn't understand what they were saying. I wasn't really a, a huge Nirvana fan. There were some songs that were, that were okay. And, uh, you know, we played them a lot, you know, house parties and stuff. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, they came out first, I believe, in Pearl Jam right after that. And mm-hmm. I gravitated more towards Pearl Jam. And, uh, I was, you know, Stick a sock in your mouth and try and sing. Eddie Vedder. <laughs> he had marbles in his mouth, man. And, uh, and wear my uh, my flannel long john bot or you know my, <laughs> my thermal long john bottoms underneath my shorts and my combat boots and <laughs> and uh, that's really because uh, I was actually uh, uh, going to go into uh, military, uh, actually the Coast Guard after I graduated and uh, all that started coming out. Nirvana came out. Well, they came out in ninety one, ninety two. And, uh, but, um, stuff didn't work out with that. I had a change of mind and grew my hair long, put on flannel and, uh, joined a band, joined a band. Yeah, (laughs) here I am. So, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was like you said, Kurt Cobain, he was, he was a face of grunge. Yes, he was. And, and it just took over and, 
One interesting part of the song in uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and what you may not know is that uh, the name of that song came from uh, he was partying in a hotel and, and somebody he was with, some girl, sprayed, sprayed it on the walls, vandalized the hotel room and sprayed this deodorant uh, called Teen Spirit and wrote on the wall that Kurt smells like teen spirit. So that kind of inspired him to write this song. But it's interesting uh, when we play that in the intro, uh, the words... Here's what Kurt writes in the in the song. He says, with the lights out, it's less dangerous. Here we are now. Entertain us. And I think it's so fitting to that that phrase is that, you know, we can enjoy this music and and you know, we really don't want to see everything. And so with the lights out, since it's dark, uh, we can't really see anything. So it must be okay. It's safe. And then he just says, you know, here we are now, entertain us. What we're doing with the rock cast is is to show you that music is not just music. It's not just art and entertainment, and everything is okay as long as we just call it art. The Word of God tells us in Ephesians 5.11 is we are to take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. And what we want to do today is expose some of the worthless deeds of evil and darkness surrounding nirvana and Kurt Cobain, because this cat, I mean, he was a Satanist. He was fascinated with Anton LaVey, the founder of the Satanic Church, the the author of the Satanic Bible. Uh, He wanted him to play cello on one of the songs in in Nevermind. He was fascinated with him. He was also into, guess who, AC, not DC, Aleister Crowley. He was into uh, black magic. He was into the occult. Uh, And so it's not just music that Kurt was writing. In fact, he even says that there are some melodies that came to him that he doesn't even understand how he got them. Mm -hmm. And so, and you'll find that a lot of times in musicians that they'll be talking about, um, they'll be talking about how the music came to be and how it almost came out of nowhere. Sure. And they wrote it in just a you know, 30 seconds, and it, this just came out of nowhere. It was something bigger or greater than themselves. And that's what we're talking about here is the spirit behind the music. Who inspired Kurt Cobain? Why was he so angry? Um, you know, there's all kinds of stories of him. You know, of course, he had a broken home and and all kinds of things that he went through. Um, but he had such an anger towards God. And, and, you know, he'd vandalize churches. He, he would write, you know, he'd spray paint, God is gay. Um, I mean, there was just some really horrific things that he did. And so why is he so angry? Why is it such a spiritual battle? Um, and this is what we're talking about today and really trying to expose to you some of the worthless deeds of evil and darkness uh, to, to let you see, to pull back, and, and to let you see really what's behind it. Kind of like VH1 is behind the music, mm-hmm. except they don't really tell you what's really behind the music. Yeah, it's all art. It's all how he was, you know, uh, the just such a, a pioneer, mm-hmm. and how he did things his way. I mean, he's praised and idolized as doing things his way. The world celebrates that, but yet, what a tragedy! Yeah, I mean, to put a gun in his mouth and and and, and blow his head off. Yeah, and that was that was. That was devastating to the generation, and uh, you know he's in all of his his a lot of his videos. 
uh, even in his uh, shows and stuff. It's it is a ton of young people, and uh, but you know I, I'm I'm telling you when we you know we played a bunch of their stuff, and and uh, you know when we would play you know smells like Teen Spirit and all that, and it would just really people just tear the house apart, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, just go nuts. And, you know, we didn't know what it meant. You know, we didn't care. It sounded and good. It felt good. Yeah, it's just, you know. It's an outlet. It's a good time. And, uh, but we, what, we, what we're not wanting to, to do is, is we're wanting to, to show you truth in uh, who these guys are and uh, what they believe in and what they back. And uh, sometimes you see it in their music, sometimes you don't, but it's uh, they're still inspired by that same spirit. And, uh, um, you know, some people call us a buzzkill, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, all that for, for what we're talking about. But it would have been harder for me to really listen to it when I was younger if I had somebody really trying to educate me to what it is underlying underneath all all of that creation of the music and and where it's generated from and uh, it would give me a whole total perspective when I listen to it and yeah would it make me angry oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah I'd want to turn you off but uh, it would still be in the back of my mind when I listen to it and I wouldn't be able to get away from it so there's you tap into this the reason we get defensive the, the reason I get defensive is because I'm feeling feeling threatened and those bands that you loved, and when someone tried to speak against them or to try to tell you something, you wouldn't hear it. You wouldn't have anything of it. You would you would have this rage because the voice is of rebellion and the teen spirit is, you know, do your own thing. And anybody trying to come in and take that away from you is taking away your freedom, man. I mean, they're trying to, yeah, we're trying, you're trying to steal us from having fun. And, and, and that's, just that's the rebellious spirit behind this kind of music, and that's why it's so angry, and it despises authority. Every authority that comes in against them, it is, you know, they're they're rebelling against. And but there's some people that'll say, hey, this, you know, they did a unplugged MTV unplugged, and you know their songs are real low key, and they're not angry, you know. They did Polly. Well, mm-hmm. Polly's about a guy raping a girl, mm-hmm. tying her down. Wow! And uh, but um, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> doesn't matter how you know whether it's an aggressive song or a nice soothing song. The message, whether it's screaming or whether he's unplugged, as as he was on MTV, the the message, what is he saying? And of course, he screamed a song, whatever album it was on, "Rape Me." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, very graphic. The, I remember the, the the album In Utero and just how graphic, you know, that was. And, and of course, uh, the music video, uh, heart-shaped box. Yeah, I couldn't really watch that. I watched it, it really, uh, and it, I was into all the grunge, the Seattle scene. I loved it all. And But when I saw that video, it was... Uh, it turned you off? It really did with them. And... Uh, uh, I had no interest anymore at all with any other stuff, and uh, I just, I just thought it was just, uh, it was repulsive to me. It was sick and twisted. Kurt Cobain had babies hanging, uh, dolls that is hanging from his apartment ceiling, and they were covered in blood. And in utero had this weird, twisted uh, 
you know, it just had all these body parts. And, and if you haven't seen the video, don't watch it. No. Uh, but an old man is trying to climb up on this cross. Wearing a Santa hat. Wearing a Santa hat, trying to crucify himself with these ravens. I mean, it is just... It is just dark and satanic, to to say the least. And there's nothing cool about it. Um, but Kurt Cobain, this is what he was about. This is what he. This is the spirit he tapped into. And I really believe that that he thought that he could get out of this by by killing himself. I mean, remember he had the song "I Hate Myself and I Want to Die." Yeah. Um, and so this. This hating everything, hating God, hating life, um, I mean, this just festered within him. And I, I really believe that he thought he was going to be able to escape by, by killing himself, that he could go and, and really, again, the, the term nirvana, you can, you can do a word st- search on it, blown out, extinguished out. And in fact, in his suicide note, he said it's better to burn out than fade away, something Neil Young said you know, years prior to that. Of course, when I think of that phrase, I think of Def Leppard in Pyromania, mm-hmm. better to burn out than fade away. He really thought he was going to be able to escape all this pain and suffering and just you know, get out of this life, but that's not how it works. Well, what's crazy is a lot of people that are in that mindset that he's in, uh, they're able to put a mask on, but you could see it all over his face on all the MTV uh, appearances. He just looked in complete misery. Yeah, he, and, and half the time he was stoned out of his mind right? Uh, when he performed or even on his interviews. But he just he looked just severely lost and depressed. It was it was it was sad to watch. Yeah. He looked tormented. And then what does he do? He He gets fame and fortune. I mean, the world's handed to him in his 20s, and they take over the world, basically, the music scene, have all this fame and fortune, and and he's still just as angry as ever and just hates life and is so empty. Um, in Kurt Cobain's uh, suicide note, he writes his suicide note to Boda, B-O-D-D-A-H, and I did a little research on this is where he's he's addressing his imaginary friend. He created this imaginary friend in his mind as he grew up and and he would blame all the bad things that he did on Boda. And I'm not sure if that's tied to any Buddhism or anything else, but it's just a name that I think he made up of this imaginary friend. Um, and that reminds me of one of the songs he had where he talks about my imaginary friends and they're all ugly. Mm. Just, just like you are. Or lithium. There you go. And again, just a just a very dark, cynical, depressing type message. And he writes in his suicide note to, to Boda and then goes on this rant uh, about his life and and you know, just what a tragedy. But but this is what Satan does. He promises you freedom and and you sell your soul to him. And that's basically what Kurt did. He sold his soul to the devil. He was into Satanism. He he hated everything about God and Christianity, wanted, you know, all this power, and and he gets it, and then it consumes him and and it destroys himself. And that's what evil does. An evil kingdom will never be able to stand because it will it will turn on each other. It will it will eat you up, and Satan used him, and abused him, and then just threw him away. 
and and he's gone. And and this is what we're trying to expose the danger of of getting sucked in and listening to this demonic message. It it will feed some depression that you already have inside you, some anger you already have inside you. It will it will bring it out. And the darkness that you already have in your heart will be will will fester and grow when you start listening to Kurt Cobain's sermons. Mm-hmm. Because he had he wrote sermons, just put music to them. And his message is is evil. Yeah, it's it definitely makes me want to crawl in a hole and put the lid on it and stay there. And uh, you know, um it's just uh well, it's grunge. You know, and uh, with the, you know, I mentioned earlier, I wasn't really into them as much as the others as Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, Mother Love Bone, uh, Mud Honey was out then and uh, some of the others out of out of that area. But uh, it was, uh, everything was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was uh, just, there was just this misery. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, uh, it definitely cast a shadow over you, for sure. I remember it was 1994, and I was not a Christian. I, I loved music and my life, and and it disturbed me seeing those images of him lying there and and thinking, what what are you doing, man? You're on top of the world. You're a rock star. You've got everything. What? Uh, why would you do this? And and I remember it rocked me. It it just I couldn't believe this, and and uh, tried not to think about it. Again, I wasn't a, a humongous fan. Those few songs I, I enjoyed, and but it just shows you the the spirit of darkness that is working, and and the message it's sending is is just live for this world. This is all there is, and when you die, it's over. But that's not how it works. God's created us. Uh, we have spirit because of God creating us and and putting that within us. And when we die, that's not all there is. You yeah. don't you don't blow out and go into nothingness. You don't go into a state where you non-exist. No, it's just the beginning. That is just the beginning. This life, when when your spirit is separated from your body, it immediately goes to one of two places. Either it goes into the presence of the Lord or you go into a, a place of torment separated from God. And I think Kurt even had a song. Uh, didn't he do one on the Unplugged about uh, the Lake of Fire? Lake of Fire is the title, yeah. So, and he talks about this, and it's there's one of two places that you go, and and Satan is the Bible says he's a a liar, a thief, he's a murderer. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and suicide is self murder, and he wants you to take yourself out because you're you're an image bearer. We're made in the image of God as human beings. We're made in the image of God and and when you're when you want to hurt yourself, it's always demonic. So if you're battling depression and battling suicidal thoughts, that is from the evil one. And see though when Kurt killed himself, uh their music after that skyrocketed. Best thing you can do in your in your music career is die. Because then, then you're immortalized. Exactly right. And and then, record sk- sales go nuts mm-hmm. because you die. And and so many people have worshipped and idolized him. And and as we are doing this rock cast, I know some people are going to think, well, you know, you're judging him, or you know, where's your respect for the dead? 
And how can you as a Christian say anything about him? Listen, the Bible tells us, expose the worthless deeds of evil. And Kurt Cobain was filled with it. It's, it's just everywhere in his music, in his life. He was a drug addict. He cross-dressed on stage. He, you know, he, he spit on, on some of the, fam- I mean, he just was just vile. Um, and so we're exposing that to show you the spiritual battle and what you need to do. And, and what you need to do is to turn to the only thing that can give you salvation, the only person who can save you and rescue you is Jesus. And he came to save. He came to rescue us. You know, in the song, Come As You Are, Come As You Were, you know, when Kurt writes that song and it's, you know, one of his, you know, catchiest uh, melodies, but you know, Jesus calls out to us and he says, hey, come just as you are. Come to me. You're weary. You're tired of this sinful life. You're tired of all the destruction. You're tired of the darkness that, that you're in and in your own heart. He says, come to me. And if you're weary and burdened and anxious, he says, I'll give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. You will find that euphoria and that peace that, that only I can bring because Satan, he can't bring it. It's a, it's a, it's a bill of goods. It's a false sense of security. It's a lie to live for yourself and do drugs and just tune in, turn on, tune in and drop out, and, and then, then you're toast. And so Jesus gives us this, Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says this, Come, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, learn from me. I'm, I'm, I, will give you, I will take this burden off of you. See, guys, guilt will drive you crazy. The guilt of your sin and the shame, it, it will drive you crazy. You, you'll have nowhere to go with it. And, and you think that if you just take yourself out, all the pain would go away. That's when it really begins. When you step across on another side of eternity and you're separated from God for all eternity in a place of darkness, in a place of tremendous torment that we can't even imagine, and you're shut out from the presence of God, that's, that's hell, never to cross over. Jesus comes to save us. He went to the cross to pay for our sin, to show us, to put an end to the rebellion and to satisfy the righteous demands that God has put upon us to show us how holy he is and how rebellious we are. And Jesus does that for wicked sinners. That was available to Kurt. He chose not to take it. He rejected God, hated anything to do with him. And if you want to follow him, that is where you're going to head. You're going to follow him into a place of hell, and it's going to be torment forever. The Bible's so clear about this. Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven. You need to see the spirit behind the music. So that's today's Rockcast. We hope you will take these things to heart. Dig deep into the message of the bands that you are listening to and understand the only way to heaven is not through Nirvana, it's through Jesus. I'm Pastor Heath. I'm Matt. Think about it. <laughs>